a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I am Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. That's the name of the pro. What do you think? You have a pretty good name? We did a lot of thinking. Uh, we thought it communicated what happens here on the program. We voice it all through this microphone. The microphone is live. Anything could happen. Uh, like today, impeachment. Uh, a lot going on. I Today, as we have dedicated so much of the program to impeachment, I've reached out to the all four of Utah's House members. Three of those four uh, responded positively. Uh, have not yet heard back from uh, Representative uh, McAdams. So the first in the lineup is my former boss, Congressman Rob Bishop, represents Utah's first district. Sir, how are you? I am finally. Thank you for having me on again. Thank you. Is this, uh, this episode six? Episode six. Five. Episode six. Have you have you tuned in a little bit? Is it going all right? Yeah, I actually watched you. How does my job performance in this role compare to my job performance uh, when I worked for you? All right. The second question is what? <laughs> uh, impeachment. What do you think? No, I, I, you're doing a very good job, and I hope everything goes well for you. You feel comfortable with it now? The I, I think I texted you. I was terrified the first uh, few days. Last Wednesday we started was episode one, and man, I, I was sweating. I was having trouble sleeping and eating. Uh, but uh, this week in particular, and maybe it's because there's so much to talk about uh, impeachment and all that. Uh, but I, I, well, you I, bring you bring a unique perspective to the, the Utah listeners, especially with your experience back here. So, well, thank you for be good. Thank you'll you be for good. to me. Uh, listen, so on the histories being made today, uh, you have had some strong thoughts on this in the past. How do you, w- w- what do you wake up today uh, thinking and feeling? Well, I got to think back on, you know, ever since I came to Washington, people have asked me first to impeach George W. Bush and then impeach Obama and now it's impeach Trump. And in every case, I've always responded no, because impeachment should never be used as a political weapon. It should have some legal force to it. And to be honest, after the, uh, what, three years, 30 million that we've, they, we have spent on this effort so far, there is still nothing, no real evidence of anything that rises to the level of impeachment. A lot of people have their feelings and their concerns and their ideas of what they think ought or ought not to take place. But actual impeachable offenses just doesn't exist yet. So today is really, in my opinion, a very sad day, um, sad day for Congress, because I think we are missing the opportunity of doing a whole lot of stuff that would be good for America and move the country forward. And we're simply have, have lost it in this obsession with um, changing the outcome of the 2016 election. There, There is an element of pageantry and theatrics taking place on the floor of the House today. It, 
is there ground to be gained uh, by the on the Republican side uh, by all these impassioned speeches? I just saw uh, Representative Louis Gomer walking off the floor. Uh, the, the sound is off here in the studio, but I could see him in true uh, uh, Representative Gomer fashion, uh, moving his arms about, uh, certainly speaking energetically. Is, is there ground to be gained by Republicans today? I no. I think the entire nation loses. I have heard so many um, arguments, justifications for what people are doing that I think are historically inaccurate, and and um, I, I don't think either party gains by this process. In fact, I know neither party gains from this process. I know the people don't gain from this process either. Um, we're just we're it, it it's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> Look, they have. They have impeached people before. I think uh, the impeachment of Andrew Johnson actually kind of added to his luster in history. The impeachment of Bill Clinton made him more popular when it was done. So Congress using impeachment to try and change policy has, or change actually who the leaders are, has never been an effective use of that impeachment. There has been have been impeachments in the history of Congress where they have removed people like judges and others who have actually committed real offenses for which they were convicted, those types of situations, I think, are justifiable. And it does speak, usually they're all bipartisan, too, and it speaks well for the process. But when when you're impeaching a president on a purely partisan approach to it, it doesn't help either party. None of us are better off for having gone through this. We have about four minutes left to, to speak. We're talking to Congressman Rob Bishop, represents Utah's first congressional district. Uh, the topic at hand is impeachment, of course. Uh, you, sir, former history teacher, you, you pay close attention to details. I noticed this morning when Speaker Pelosi was speaking from uh, the floor of the House, she was wearing that lapel pin of hers, the, which is uh, the mace, the brooch fashioned after the mace. Can you give us, uh, sir, in about 60 seconds, a history lesson on what is the mace, uh, what it represents in the house uh, the mace has been a, a, a traditional symbol of power the british parliament uses a mace at the same time which they put at the end of their table in the middle of the room to show their incession and, and power we have a mace which is 13 rods bound together with a globe of the world on top of it an eagle on top of that that is the symbol of authority and power when it's on the half marble pillar in the, in the house, we are in the committee. We are, I'm sorry, we're in a session. If it's on a little marble box, we're in a committee of the whole. If it's not there, we are not in session. And it goes back to Roman times when a, a mace with an axe on the end was used not only for the symbol of power, but also for the execution of power. Now, uh, that it's a, well, the mace there positioned next to the, the speaker's chair is symbolic it can be actually used. Is there a history of that? Yeah, it, it, it's used to maintain order. So if somebody is out of order, uh, the sergeant of arms is supposed to take the mace, shake it in front of the individual, giving them a symbol that that's their signal to shut up and sit down. Um, and it has been used in history, not since I have been here, although it came close to using it once, but especially in the very vitriolic election of 1876, it was used frequently when fights were breaking out on the House floor. 
we're, we're talking to Congressman Rob Bishop. He's describing for us the mace, uh, which is a, a weapon uh, which stands next to the speaker's position on the floor of the House. The reason I bring it up today is that as Speaker Pelosi started the day, I noticed that she is wearing on her lapel a brooch fashioned after the mace. I think it's a subtle reminder to folks around, and maybe not so subtle, it's rather large, uh, a reminder that she, in fact, is the one in charge, and she is the, the director of this play, uh, which is taking place on the floor of the House. Can I ask you, sir, quickly, before I say goodbye, uh, this is, in, in, in my opinion, and I, and I believe it's your opinion, well, uh, a distraction from what ought be happening on the floor of the House. Uh, what, what would you like to see taking place right now instead of uh, the, the impeachment proceedings we're witnessing? Well, one of the oddities is I think the message that nothing was getting done finally got through to the leadership, to the Speaker's office, because in addition to this, we've also finally passed the budget that's not just a CR for another couple of weeks. And it has some significant increases, especially for the military of the United States. We are still on the road to pass the, the, the betterment of the NAFTA improvement of that NAFTA treaty, so we'll have a better treaty. That should have been done, actually, in the spring of this year. Um, and the NDAA was finally passed as well. So there has been a spur from uh, Speaker Pelosi to show that she actually has done something, even though she waited to the last minute of the last month of the last week when we're here to do it. Um, so I guess there is that one thing that's positive from the, from the experience we're going to. Otherwise, we're just here for far too long. We've been speaking to Congressman Rob Bishop. Full disclosure, my former boss. Uh, before coming to host this program, I worked out in Washington, D.C. Uh, on his behalf as a director uh, of communications. Sir, always good to talk to you. Uh, let's keep it up, all right? Will do. Good luck. Thank Have you. Thank time. you so much. Uh, we're talking about impeachment on the program today. A few other topics sprinkled in, but of course it's inescapable on the floor of the House right now is being debated articles of impeachment. Today will be a historical day. Before you go to sleep tonight, the highest of likelihoods is that President Donald John Trump will be an impeached president. Uh, that is a, an event that will go down in history. Uh, and as I said earlier, if you are of one political stripe, you will celebrate today. And if you are of another, you will lament and mourn uh, the, this today. Regardless of where you stand, it's historic. I extended an invitation today to all of Utah's House members. Uh, that invitation was accepted by three out of the four. We've just heard from Congressman Rob Bishop. In the next segment, we're going to hear from Congressman John Curtis. He's going to talk to us about his views on impeachment. Also going to share with you some of the comments he made earlier this morning with Debbie uh, Dejanovic. Some interesting stuff. I'm Lee Lonsberry. The program is called Live Mike. This is episode six, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. 
now available anywhere you get your podcasts.